Good morning, and it's good to see you from this angle today. <clears throat> the God who said, Out of darkness the light shall shine, is the same God who made his light shine in our hearts to bring us the knowledge of God's glory shining in the face of Christ. So let's worship God in our first prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you are holy mystery, unknown and unknowable, yet holy love, revealing yourself to us as our friend and saviour, especially in Jesus Christ, who is your greatest mystery for us. And so we worship you, approaching your awesome majesty as you want us to, and coming to you in and through our Lord Jesus Christ, grateful for the wonder of Christian worship. We thank you for the gift of life in this wonderful world, this great creation. From the present nights of winter to the hoped-for days of spring and summer. We thank you for each other, the gifts of friendship, especially Christian fellowship, the comforts of family, the support of colleagues. Again, We thank you for your mercy when we fall or fail and are conscious of the weakness within us. Lord God, as we are offering our whole selves, we would worship you now because of who you are for us, our loving Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, who leads us together as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us We listen for the word of God as we read, first of all, from the Old Testament, from 2 Samuel chapter 12, and reading from verse 15. 
The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became very ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child. David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. The elders of his house stood beside him, urging him to rise from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day, the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, while the child was still alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we tell him the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, he perceived that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David rose from the ground, washed, anointed himself, and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He then went to his own house, and when he asked, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while it was alive, but when the child died, you rose and ate food. David said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me, and the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. And then from the New Testament, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms And praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, 
according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was upon him. Amen. I'm no fisherman, although like all of us, I suppose I should be a fisher of men. I'm no fisherman, but I recognize a can of worms when I see one. That's what our first reading suggests to me a can of worms. Here are some of those wriggly little creatures. Laziness and lust. Adultery and murder. Rivalry between nations and war. The death of a child. Bereavement. So-called unanswered prayer, God's judgment. So many dark subjects, which I don't propose to explore in too much detail this morning. But perhaps there are dark areas in your life. Some of those which uh, cause us lack of sleep sometimes or when we wake up in the night we think about these dark things. Maybe they do have something to do with personal problems and are related in some way to some of the things which I've just listed. (coughs) But... uh, There are also many world events which play on us 
and make us feel, oh, I can't do anything about that, if only I could. Here's a list of more things. HIV, AIDS, Ebola, ISIS, Syria, Afghanistan, so many places in Africa, hunger, homelessness, and from where I come from, for some people anyway, the, uh, the fate of the fast falling, although they didn't do badly yesterday, Carlisle Football Club. I believe you've got similar problems, some of you in this area. <laughs> it's right to care. But are there any answers to these questions which are so big for us? It's wrong to despair. But what can we do? Basically, what we've done this morning already in coming to church, reorientating our lives from our own darkness to focus on the eternal light of God in Jesus Christ. And so I offer simply now Three thoughts about God and the darkness of the world. God and the darkness of the world, the first thought, God knows our ways. He knows our human frailty. And he sees us as we are, although we are so often blind to his love. That love grieves for us, judges us, but doesn't leave us. We see it from the beginning of the Bible story. Adam and Eve have sinned in the garden. Adam, where are you? Eve, what have you done? It's not that God doesn't know. He knows it very well. He knows and he comes and he grieves. Again, Cain, where is your brother Abel? What have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. God knows and comes and grieves. We can jump on to almost any part of the Bible story, I suppose. Sometimes God's knowing our ways is a grim message. But sometimes it's full of hope. He sees the extreme godlessness of the world in the time of Noah. And the flood is very grim 
for most people. But there is hope also in that and elsewhere. God sees the extreme problems, the groanings of the Israelites in Egypt, and he calls Moses to lead them out. Jump on again to David, King David, as he was later. (coughs) That youngster called out from his brothers, for God knew the greatness of his heart, called out to lead his people. And yet, what have we heard today in the story of David? Later, He was settled in Jerusalem as king and he'd stopped leading his army himself as he had when he was younger. And there he is, David, lounging on his palace roof and he sees Bathsheba bathing. Bathsheba the wife of a foreign but very loyal commander, Uriah. David draws her to himself. She becomes pregnant. And Uriah refuses to leave the ranks to be with his wife, which might cover up the sin. And so David plots for Uriah to be put in danger and killed in battle. Then taking Bathsheba as his wife. A royal scandal somewhat um, averted until God, who knows, sends his prophet Nathan to tell David a story about a rich man who slaughters a poor man's animal, the lamb. And that traps David into facing his own sin and knowing what is really in his heart. And so to our reading this morning, the first one, Bathsheba's child is born and dies in spite of David's prayer for his life. David cannot escape. He sees there is no escape and he accepts it. God's judgment on him. God knows. God knows our ways. On to the second main thought then. God knows his way through. He has his way through. Even with that guilty pair, David and Bathsheba, God gives another 
healthy son to them. Who becomes David's successor, a successful king, Solomon. By no means perfect Solomon, but God is prepared and able to work with imperfect human beings, the clay which is us, to work out his great purposes. And that surely is a comfort to us in the darkness of the night. God has a way through, even for us. And so quickly now to the third thought. We've said God knows our ways. God has his own way through. And now God gives us the way forward. And I've put that word way with a capital W. Because the way which he gives us is great David's greater son, beyond Solomon, our Lord Jesus Christ. Last Sunday evening, I was at the local uh, Salvation Army Citadel for a joint service for the end of the week of prayer for Christian unity. And I noticed that At the beginning of the service, there were questions about how can we have unity and all this sort of thing. Whatever unity is, I don't know. But the, the answer which we were supposed to give as a sort of response was, Jesus Christ is the path to unity. Or we might say, Jesus Christ is the way to unity. Or Jesus Christ is the way to the answer to all our problems. And that is true. I found it helpful to put that first wormy reading beside the the second Candlemas reading this morning. Compare and contrast. I'll leave that more or less to you. But there at that extremity, the supremely dark time when the Lord Jesus was born with unfaithful priests and King Herod about to massacre other newborn children. Two faithful, praying, older people, the man Simeon, the woman Anna, in church glimpse their heart's desire in the presence of a newborn peasant child who is Prince of Peace and will be the eternal King and the light for all the nations So let's sum up. In the light of Jesus Christ, 
Yes, God knows our ways. He has come to us to be one of us. God has his way through. A heart-piercing way. A hard way. By which he takes the sin and the darkness of the world into himself even and especially on the cross. But it's the way, with a capital W, the way through death to real life. For God in Christ is for us and for all those we go fishing for the way, the truth, and the life. May we all know that in our hearts, now and in the coming days, and indeed as we come to our act of communion, may we accept him as the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Our prayers this morning for others are taken from several different sources, including the New Testament biblical passage that we've heard this morning as well. But let us begin with a prayer from the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. Let our mouth be filled with praise, O Lord, that we may sing of thy glory because thou hast counted us worthy to partake of thy holy, divine, immortal, and life-giving mysteries. Preserve us in thy holiness, that we may learn of thy righteousness all day long. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Lord, we too want to join with Simeon and continue his words that our eyes have seen your salvation, the salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. But we confess that too often we see your salvation only dimly. Our world appears a broken world, its nations in perennial strife, its peoples left war-torn, destitute, hungry, too often without hope and too often without joy. We look to the children of our times, and wonder how they will manage, how amid the growing tensions and ongoing devastations that each new era presents, they might grow, become strong, be filled with wisdom. Our world seems the world of David and Uriah. So show us anew, Lord, 
how you have prepared your salvation, your redemptive peace, in the presence of all peoples. But show it first and foremost to the children, those who will grow up and lead the nations, lead the communities, lead the social institutions, and lead the places where peace is taught over strife. And may we teach them, even now in this small community that is Hillhead, to reach out, to reach out to those in need within our immediate vicinity, and to find God's way forward for a world that seems so stuck in darkness. And as we anticipate the Lord's table, we finish with a prayer from the Church of the East. Strengthen for service, Lord, the hands that holy things have taken. Let ears that now have heard thy songs to clamor never waken. Lord, may the tongues which holy sang keep free from all deceiving. The eyes which saw thy love be bright, the blessed hope perceiving. The feet that tread thy holy courts from light do thou not banish. The bodies by thy body fed with thy new life replenish. Amen. May God's peace be with us all through Jesus Christ. So may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever.